Hello yeah, and welcome to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry I was, it, it didn't come up to your recording. Now it has. It's all good. That's all right then. All right, you were really good. Don't fuck it up. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Massive Attack podcast. I am Joe and over in Melbourne via Skype is Mitch. I'm good. Can you hear me? We can hear you. I'm yelling across the ocean. It's a strait, yes. isn't it? It's not an ocean. It's still, uh, it's a sea, isn't it? Isn't it the Tasman Sea? It's Bass Strait. Is he? Isn't it? I don't know. It's Bass Strait or something. Not getting out of it. Getting out of it. <laughs> yes. Yes, sorry. Top, topical jokes. Yes, no, hello, how are you? It's been hey, a while. I'm good. It has been a little while. We had planned on doing a mini in between these two episodes, but that kind of didn't happen. And I think 2020, we're about... that's the only excuse we need to give, 2020. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I guess we should probably start off as our normal, how are things going? Because back in Melbourne, things have just kind of shits hit the fan, yes. hasn't it? As of three o'clock this afternoon, we're in stage three lockdown again. So, yeah, fun times. So they're saying for six weeks we are in lockdown. So that means kids are meant to be staying at home from school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know what that means for me just yet. Like if it's – we were in stage three before and I still worked every day because I'm essential. My wife was still considered essential. So she worked three days a week and the kids were still able to go to school and childcare. So it's early days yet. We don't really know what's going on because it's only just sort of dropped. But I guess that's going to be the same thing going forward again. I don't You really learn if you like your family or not. Yeah. I'm not going to say love. I'm going to say like at this point. Ask me in six weeks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's tough. I, I did get used to going out and seeing friends and doing things, getting a kebab. Yep. I know it's a strange thing, but it was good. I started boxing on with a mate for fun, like not <laughs> boxing on because that's what we do. Now we, you know, got the focus pads and the, and the and the mitts out, and it was very picturesque down the foreshore beach of St Kilda under a gazebo, punching on. It was quite romantic, and the punching. But yes, um, yeah, that's obviously going to that's going to stop for the next six weeks or so, which is yeah. unfortunate. I mean, I know it's not really social distancing, punching on, facing on someone, huffing and puffing, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. Not the smartest thing to do, but it was good. I enjoyed it, but that's gone. I was walking with the mate as well, doing a couple of Ks a week. That's obviously going to go put on hold as well. But I have nearly run all the way to France. <laughs> I've done a virtual – I joined a virtual run. So what you do is you pay a stupid amount of money to register to do this virtual run, and you just track it on one of your apps on your phone. And when you accumulate, do all the run. They'll send you a nice pretty medal. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's cool, but it costs more than it should. Like, it's an English thing, I think. So when it translated to the incredibly weak Aussie dollar, it costs like $50 to do for a medal. It's like, that's stupid. But it got me out running, which was good. And I chose the short one first because I was doing it with a friend and she'd never done any sort of running before. So we did the English Channel. So I ran from Dover to Calais and I'm 7Ks from the end. So I'll probably finish that in the next few days because I've got nothing else to do. And yeah, that's 33 kilometres done. There you go. But so when there you say are you, others. When you say you ran to France, you haven't ran from Australia yeah. to France. You've ran from 
No, no, England no. It's from France. Dover to France. Yeah. Yes. But that's so I'm nearly finished that. So I'll probably do a longer one next time because, you know, value for money, I might as well get a bit out of it because it got me out running, which I haven't done for a while. So that was cool. So I might do Hadrian's Wall or there is a Route 66 run, but that's like 2,000 miles. So it's like, wow. not that keen. Not that keen. No. It's only a little bit shorter than that. Yeah. So that that's me, really. What about you? Well, it's quite ironic that you're talking about how lockdowns are coming back in, in Victoria and Melbourne because we're pretty much at the stage now where we haven't had any cases of corona here in Tasmania for you know at least I, th- I think it's about 80 days or 100 days or something so we're into the months now without having cases so most of the restrictions have been lifted they're still haven't opened the borders and now that Melbourne's kind of gone to shit I guess they probably won't be opening the borders very soon because majority of the tourists that come to Tassie come through Melbourne but yeah it's it's interesting because we've been out for dinner a couple of times with family again which is quite nice Uh, accommodation is open again so we had a weekend away at a little resort just outside of Launceston with uh, my wife's parents as well. We had the six of us go away, and it was it was nice to just get out of the house and just you know, back into the real world again, which is kind of cool. But also big news for us down here in Tassie is I've actually bought a house, which is kind of cool, and we are settling this week. So I'll be moving out of the rental place that I'm in now and moving into my own place. So I'm just that much closer to becoming a Tasmanian, which is, yeah, very exciting times. That is big news. Yeah, but um, it's funny you talk about the running. I've actually started quite seriously with the walking again, despite the fact that it is middle of winter here. So I've actually gone out and bought myself a pair of decent hiking boots, and I'm now going out a couple of times a week with the dog and going for a bit longer than before and making a a bit more of a a go of it. So, yeah, I I think since I've been here in Tassie, I've lost about six or seven kilos, so that's pretty good for for me. Yeah, I I think it's a combination of getting out and exercising and the fact that I, I don't work next to a food court anymore and I can't go and have McDonald's for lunch every day. So, yeah, it's paying off. That would do it. That could do it, yes. Yes, but um, well, I think when when the lockdown first started, I think I put on Corona kilos. Yeah, because I just was sort of watching the news talk about spikes and projections and eating Pringles. And then once all that sort of settled down, I've ended up losing Corona kilos, and I've yeah. gone down two belt loops in my jeans. So no, oh, that's cool. I've had to go shopping, which is a, you know a trial in itself. Trying on clothes at a shop, it's like who's touched this before me? Hmm. Had to buy new jeans, mm. bought stretchy jeans. Wow, skinny there you go. stretchy jeans. I'm not a skinny stretchy jeans person, but I wear my pants so high, I'm just in a weird body shape now where they keep falling down. And I found out terribly, and I've been told this before, but I just ignored it. I, I do not have an ass. No, I have that same No problem. ass whatsoever. So did you buy skinny jeans and a check shirt? No. No, so Tan's fashion sense off Queer Eye hasn't rubbed off on you? No, no, because no I think everyone, shirt. everyone he dressed was pretty much skinny jeans and a check shirt, wasn't it? Yeah, anyway. with the Dutch Dutch tilt. What was it? Dutch tuck? What was it? What was his tuck? Isn't it a French tuck? French tuck, the, was the, it? The demi tuck. Well, that's his name, isn't it? Tan French. Maybe it's I his proprietary. No idea. Tuck. I know there's a new season of Queer Eye. And yes, there there is, but I haven't. I haven't. Two and a half seasons behind, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, let let's jump into our normal. Have you been gaming? Have I been gaming? That is a good question, and I'm going to think about that for a bit. Um, the Xbox, I've turned it on. I played a little bit of Lego Batman 3, actually, because we finished Lego Ninjago movie, yep. and my son wanted to play something else. It's like, oh, let's do Lego Batman. And it wasn't as good for some reason. I just didn't like it. It was a bit harder for him for some reason. It wasn't as simple. And it was a bit like, ah, oh. so it was a bit of a chore. 
So we didn't really get much into that. And then next time we played, it's like, what do you want to play? And he went back to Disney Infinity, which was Mm. fine. So we did that. Um, I I actually played a game. Yeah, go on. From what I remember, when I played Lego Batman 3 with my kids, was the levels were really long. And I think by the time they got to the end of the levels, they'd kind of lost interest in the level. Yeah, there's no narrative. Well, there is, but you don't really feel it from the start. And it was a big curve for him, it seemed Mm. to be just to sort of get into it. And it was just like, eh. And it was a bit of a slog, I suppose, where it wasn't moving quick enough. Because he's, he's not quite, he's six, so he's, yep. you know, needs a bit more happening, I think. I could see it being good. Like, if I was playing it with you, I could probably enjoy it. But, yeah, just sort of trying to nurse him through it. It was just like, no, we shouldn't have to. It should just be fun. Yeah. Um, but I did start a game the other day, and that's my friend Pedro. Ah. Which was, I, don't, I can't remember if it was part of the Games with Gold it, or... It it's also part of, part of Game Pass, I think. Oh, Game Pass. That's why I got it, yeah. So I looked at it. It's like, it was, um, is it Shadow Complex we used to play? The side-scroller action yep. game? Shadow Complex? Yeah, so Retrovania, what was it? Mega man sort of yeah, games? Yeah, Retrovania is what they call it. Retrovania, so, yeah, those ones. Yeah, so it's that sort of, you know, you move left, right, you look up and down with the other stick and that's it. And you can shoot and jump and you sort of got to do it. And it looked funky in the teaser and the ad for it. So I was like, oh, I might grab that because I don't want a long game. That's what I'm finding. I'm just not getting into long games because I'm, I, I'm not committing to it. So maybe something short. So this is like not long at all. And I've done, I enjoyed Shadow Complex when I played it and and flashback back in the day. So I played this and it was kind of fun so far. I've only put an hour or so in, but that means I'm like a quarter of the way there and I'm happy, but I'm kind of keen to play a game again, but I just got to really choose which one. And I've actually got Batman Arkham Knight sitting there. I should do that one. Is that the point? Because they're not too long. No, no, no. That's the Telltale games. Arkham Knight's like the, the most recent of the Arkham series. Um, It's apparently it's kind of annoying because there's like driving sequences you need to do, which are well designed and things, but it should be good enough and short enough that I might get into it. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping this, my friend Pedro was enough to get me back into gaming to go, all right, I'm in. So yeah, let's see how I go. What about you? Well, over the last month, I have actually been doing a lot of gaming, but it has all been on one game and that's, just continuing with Minecraft Dungeons. Like I mentioned it on the last time we recorded that it was just out and I got it as part of the games for uh, the Ultimate Game Pass. And my son and I had been playing a little bit of it, but now I am totally addicted. Pretty much every night after we have dinner, he's like, can we just do one quick level? And we're like grinding through levels. So it's basically a dumbed down kiddie version of like Diablo or something like that. It's just a dungeon crawler with loot and it's all about running through again, getting better loot, unlocking higher difficulties and doing it again and then getting more loot. So we've now gone through the game twice on the default difficulty and then on the adventurer difficulty to unlock the hardest difficulty and we're about two levels from the end of doing it on the hardest possible difficulty. Plus there has just been some DLC come out last week so we've gone and got that as well. So we're, we're pretty much addicted to this game and i kind of like to think that it's more my son that's addicted but then there's been a couple of nights this week where i've stayed up till like two in the morning to play a bit of this so i think i'm pretty much addicted as well but i i don't know what it is it's just so simple in its gameplay it really is as i said a, a dumbed down diablo but there's just something about it that has hooked me the fact that there is secret levels that you have to like find certain puzzles in certain levels to unlock other levels i've been going on youtube and watching like youtube clips of how to find the secrets and then going and 
trying to find them and unlocking the new levels and going, yes, I can do this level. And then my son will come home from school after I've been home on a weekend or out on a day off. And I'll be like, guess what I did last night? I've you know, unlocked this level. And he's like, can we play it? And yeah, so it's school holidays down here in Tassie now. So his big thing he does now in the morning, he gets up and he'll have a couple of levels before he has his breakfast. So we're, we're both completely addicted to Minecraft Dungeons. So, yeah. But other than that, I haven't touched any other games. Okay. Which is probably a bit of a shame. But, yeah, I, I really recommend Minecraft Dungeons. So yeah. And at the moment, if you've got Ultimate Game Pass, it is free. The DLC just dropped, and that was like $8 for three new levels. So it was probably a little bit pricey, but I'm getting my money's worth, I guess. I'm playing. So so if you've never played Minecraft, is it something you can play? It's a different game altogether. Like, it yeah, is a it different looks game like altogether. Minecraft, but mechanics and everything are very different, yeah? Yeah, it, it really is an isometric dungeon crawler, four-player couch co-op or online, which is probably the other selling point the fact that we can just sit on the couch and play together. But yeah, it, it's the only thing that makes it Minecraft is the fact that it's that blocky sort of look and it's based on Minecraft characters. So the baddies you're fighting are the mobs from Minecraft and your character, you know, you could be Steve from Minecraft if you want to be, but Steve. But that, that's the main character in Minecraft. But okay. you can be him if you want to be or you can be different skins as well. So yeah, mm. but it is highly addictive. So, but yeah, that, that's enough. my gaming. Okay. But other than that, what about television? I've been watching television. What about you? Uh, not really. I finished Ozark. It's been a while since we've talked, so I probably actually have done more, but just I didn't make any notes. I'm just coming in blind here. Yeah. I finished Ozark. I watched that pretty maniacally in the end for a show. I wasn't sure if I was enjoying or not because. With the whole COVID thing, it was all recommended. You don't eat in the tea rooms at work, you know, just eat outside or at your desk, that sort of thing. So I sort of like was doing that. I was just taking my lunch back to my desk and put on Netflix and watch Dozark during my lunch break. So working through it that way. So I actually managed to get through, what is it, four seasons, three seasons in a couple of weeks. So that was finished. And I had heard from people say, oh, just finished season three. What a corker of an ending, blah, blah, blah. So I'm waiting for this corker of an ending. I hyped it up a little bit too much. It was like, oh, that was it. Okay, fair enough. It was good. Yeah. So I was like, "Mm, kind of disappointing. But anyways, what could you do? And they've just announced a... They will finish it with a split final season of two, four, seven episode arcs or something to that effect. Okay. So there'll be more Ozark. I'll finish it. I don't know if I'll, I'm not champing at the bit for it. I will yeah. watch it because I want to see how it ends. So when I finished that, I was looking for more shows to watch. And I did start Deadwood again. Okay. Because yep. I never finished it because it didn't finish and I didn't want to watch something that didn't finish. But they did actually finish it last year with a movie. Yep. So now that it's ended, I can start again and watch it. But I've only got so one or two episodes in so far. So it's um, time. It's funny because I had I've been meaning to do this for a long time, but it meant getting off my ass going to the shelf, grabbing the DVD, putting it in the machine and pushing play. That was a little hard. But now I managed to find one of my family members had Stan, which I didn't know. And she's been using my Disney Plus and my Netflix and my Amazon. I was like, you've got Stan. Yeah, do you want the login? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. So (laughs) finally got Stan and Deadwood's on it. So I was like, oh, I don't have to get off my ass, grab the DVD, put it in push play. I just have to grab the remote. So that's Mm. why I've started watching that again. But that's... um, that's that. I haven't watched much. 
We did watch the start of Hamilton on the weekend. My mum and my sister were all very keen when they found out that it was coming to Disney Plus, and they said, we're coming to your place when it drops. It's like, yeah, go for it. I know nothing about it. I know it's a it's a massive hit. Yep. So they came over, we did dinner. I ended up opting to do the dishes when they watched it. So, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So I, I, I haven't – so I just put my headphones in and listened to a podcast and let them watch while I – did that and then I came back and saw the like the last bit. And then we got to intermission and it was already late by that point. So it's like, oh, we'll catch the next one next time, which looks like it might be in about seven weeks, which yeah. is not good. <laughs> so that's a bit of a pain. Um, oh, but they, well, they, they seem to like it. So yeah. I, I might go back and rewatch it. But yeah. Cool. I've actually got that listed on my movies list because I figured it was more of a movie than a TV, but I may as well talk about it now. But I didn't know a lot about it either, other than the fact that it had a huge buzz behind it when it came out. And I watched it on Saturday night just past, like – Pretty much all of Australia's just watched it as soon as it started, I think, by the sounds of it. And I loved it. I, I thought probably the first half was better than the second half because after intermission, it does change its tone quite a bit. And you go from thinking, yeah, this Hamilton guy's really cool to, man, this Hamilton guy's got some issues. But production-wise, staging just how clever it was that they've done this historical piece and they've kind of turned it into a modern American tale, I, I loved that. I don't really understand why an old white guy was one of the founding fathers of America is being championed by these minority groups. I don't understand that at all, but I love the fact that they did it. Like okay. it's, it's for me, it was just enthralling to watch up until intermission. Then after intermission, my mind did start to wander a little bit. And I was finding, I was going to look at my phone and actually Google the story of Hamilton himself and, and why Lynn manuel Miranda, what's his name? Lynn that's it, isn't it? Lin-Manuel yeah. Miranda, yep. Yeah, I, I was Googling why he was championing championing Hamilton so much because it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But I really enjoyed it, but I wish I had probably known a little bit more about Alexander Hamilton before I watched it, if that makes sense. But okay, so you say I should read up first. Probably, because otherwise you'll be sitting there like I was going, well, what's the big deal about this guy? Why is he so good? One thing I will say that I thought was a little bit confusing is the fact that because they are African-American people playing these roles, they're not instantly recognisable as who they're who they're playing like George Washington comes in and it's like well hang on that's George Washington but he hasn't got the the look that you expect him to have with his wooden teeth and his funny looking hair and stuff and then Thomas Jefferson's in the second half and it's like well if they didn't actually tell you it was Thomas Jefferson I never would have known that it was Thomas Jefferson plus they have a couple of the actors playing multiple parts like the guy that plays Jefferson plays a different character in the first half of the piece and then when he comes back it's like well they tell you it's Jefferson and it's like ah oh, so he's not that guy anymore now he's Jefferson sort of thing but other than that okay. I, I really dug it like the music in it is so good there's a couple of rap battles that they do in the second half that are really good as well but just staging production and because this is actually filming them on Broadway and then putting that as a well originally it was going to be released in the cinemas but then Disney threw some huge amount of money at them to say look we want to put it on Disney Plus and I think it was like 70 million dollars or something they gave him to, to get the rights to it just to put it on the streaming service but i think they'll okay. get their money's back for it like i really think there's a lot of people that are like 
similar to how where Mandalorian was like the big launch title, this is kind of going to be a lot of people are going to be sitting around going, well, I really want to see Hamilton. Maybe I'll go and get Disney Plus to check it out sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. For me, being a fan of musicals and a fan of theatre in general, just the way they do it, like the stage itself has got like this turntable sort of thing in the middle. So there's stages where they're kind of walking on this rotating turntable as if they're walking through pieces of time and there's like spotlights go on a certain character and everything else freezes. And it, it, yeah, production-wise, it's really well done. Yeah, I do. I am a production junkie. Yeah. I can forgive a lot of shows if a production or really clever set design or direction goes in your way. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, maybe I will watch it. Like, I, I sort of was intrigued enough, but I don't know. I think I might have to put subtitles on, though. Yeah. So I know early on, I wasn't really paying attention, but I wasn't really getting the gist of it all. I'm like, oh, yeah. And it was just like, I'm not, I wasn't focused, probably on my phone in my hand. So, yeah, maybe I'll do a bit of a wiki read quickly yep. before I yeah, go in. And I think you probably, the the first half at least, you really need to put your phone away and just concentrate so you get the idea of what's happening. Who's who. Yeah, exactly. Who's who and and why is the other part. Okay. Oh, actually, there is a a TV show I did do this week. Okay. I did the Life Drawing Live on SBS. Oh, really? Which was hosted by Rove, Rove McManus, and it was a um, live show with life drawing, so nude models. And they had a couple of people in the studio all practicing social distancing. And they did a life drawing class, which I've done in the past, but I did it as Dr. Sketchy. So it was more burlesque performers as opposed to life models. Yep. But they actually had proper art teachers there talking about different concepts of drawing and this and that. And you meant to draw at home and hashtag and send it in. And they were going to critique a few and all this sort of stuff. And they had some pseudo celebrities participating along at home and talking about it and it was quite fun i haven't drawn for a long time so my early sketches were terrible but they're meant to be and live drawing you're not meant to have a piece of art at the end of it it's your first drawing is a two minute sketch and then you do another like two or a four minute sketch then a seven then a 14 like you build up to it so the idea is to get the rust out just Get with the flow, get with the rhythm, don't stress. But they gave you little tips along the way saying, look at the negative space here and do this and do that. So it was fun. I was pretty happy with my drawings at the end, but my first ones were shithouse. But um, they're meant to be. I mean, some people who can draw can draw. My problem is I was doing it with a friend. Well, they were watching at their place, but we were taking photos and texting them back and forth to each other saying, here's mine, here's yours kind of thing. The pictures. Yeah, um, you could see she was paying attention to what was being told because I could really see her her use of negative space. It's like, you're really doing what she said, where I can draw okay. If you ask me to draw something, I can make it resemble that something. And you go, yeah, that's that. You want a toaster, I can draw a toaster. You draw, you know, a loaf of bread, I could draw you a loaf of bread. But so when it came down to this negative space thing, yeah, I like your concept, but I'm going to draw what I know. And the problem is I haven't learned how to draw properly. So therefore, and I've learned from comics. So the problem with comics is these are people who know how to draw who are cutting corners to make a deadline. Yeah. So I've learned from the cut corners, but I haven't learned the other side of it. So I'm cutting corners of the cut corners. So I can draw to a point, but not I'm not great. So when it came to these sort of things, I was getting the space and the outside and this and that. But when it came to, oh, shit, i got to rush. I know, what, I know what a face looks like. I'm not drawing the face I'm looking at. I'm just drawing a face. 
with the minimal lines that I always draw a face with. So it yeah. didn't look like the person I was there. And it's like, yeah, that's where the nose is. That's where some eyes are. And it's not what I'm looking at. So there was a, a bit of corner cutting there, but it was passable for what it was. But it was fun. I wouldn't mind getting into a bit more of it. But guess what? Not at least for another six weeks. No. Well, not proper life drawing classes anyway. But it was kind of fun. But then there was an ad towards the end of this one where they said, oh, next week, the English version. So they obviously stole it from an English idea. So there's an English life drawing live they did recently. So they're playing that on SBS this week. So I was going to go to my friends and actually do it together. We were going to do it this time, but no, not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) It'll be back on the couch and texting back and forth our pictures. But, yeah, that that was kind of a bit of fun, actually. Hmm. So that's, that's all I can really think of. Okay. Well, my streaming service has been getting a a bit of a good run for its money. So I think probably late last year, I remember we talked about the Titan Games, which was a sort of cross the Rock into Warrior. The Rock, yeah. yeah. So I was previously watching that on Foxtel. And then obviously, because we didn't have Foxtel anymore, I missed out on seeing the end of that. But now that's on Netflix. So we finished the first season of that. And then my kids were like, oh, that's really good. Is there anything else like this sort of thing? And then we realised that Broken Skull Challenge was on Amazon Prime. Yep. So we've gone back and we've watched a bit of that, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin's redneck version where they're out in the wilderness doing physical challenges. And what I remember from when I was watching it originally is they bleeped all the swearing out, but now that it's on Amazon, they let it rip. So my nine-year-old was watching it with me, and when they were swearing and dropping the F-bombs and stuff, he was sitting there going, are they allowed to swear? And I was like, well... Obviously, if you're doing physical work, you get a bit full on. You feel that you have to drop the F-bomb every now and then. But then Netflix sort of came to our aid here because they brought out another family-friendly obstacle course type game, and that's The Floor is Lava. And the concept of that is it's a team of three thrown in a room with red liquid water in the bottom of the ground and you're not allowed to touch it. And they're like, well, this is lava. And then you have to kind of parkour your way or monkey bars across a room to get to an exit and whoever gets the most members of their team out in the quickest time kind of wins and i think there was probably about 12 episodes of that on netflix in this season and we watched all of that over the course of a weekend so i don't know what it was about this program but it hooked my kids and then afterwards they were running around the house jumping on furniture and trying not to touch the ground so obviously it's doing something right but it's kind of well put together most of the contestants on it are typical obnoxious americans and when they fall in the lava it's kind of like well that's no great loss but they must have obviously told them that you know obviously it's water not lava but they're told ham it up as much as possible so as soon as you touch this lava make it look like you are dying sort of thing so there's a lot of bad acting in it but it's a lot of fun watching people how they deal with obstacles and you know jumping over things and working out how they're going to do stuff and it is a little bit tongue-in-cheek in the way they do the commentary they obviously know that it's not lava but they like play up to the fact that you know people are dying in the lava and when people do try and make a jump and they fuck it up and they like face plant on a table they'll like show it from multiple angles and slow-mo and yeah, make it look really cool. So, yeah, I think I have the same mentality as my kids that they enjoyed it a lot, got a lot of laughs out of it, and I think I did too. So I would highly recommend that. But something probably a little bit more serious on Netflix, they've got a documentary season we've just started watching called Home Game, which I think is an eight-part, little 25-minute, half-an-hour episodes about 
just strange local games that they do around the world so that they did one episode was on the highland games in scotland and they showed people tossing the caber and doing the hammer throw and that sort of stuff which was pretty cool but then there was another one we watched where it's this weird combination of rugby and mixed martial arts from florence in italy where i can't even explain it without sort of just going basically saying it's about 30 guys on each team and they have to try and throw a ball into a goal at the end of the ground but they're allowed to like bare knuckle boxing taking people to the ground and choking them out to stop them from blocking the other people throwing the balls and stuff and they only do like two games a year and they play like a final there's like four teams around florence and they play like one game and then a month later they play the final because there's so many injuries from that first game they need to heal before they can go and play again sort of thing. And it's it's just this absolutely crazy, brutal game of these like muscled up tattooed Italians just beating the absolute living crap out of each other to throw a ball in a hoop. Weird. So, yeah. Yeah, very weird. So if they like the floor is lava, I'm trying to bring it up on my phone now, but there's a Disney Plus show like Jedi Academy or something where it's a kid's version of like Ninja Warrior, but it's hosted by Ahmed Best, who did, who was Jar Jar Binks. Okay. And he's playing like a Jedi who's training young Padawans to get through these obstacle courses. Hmm. I forget what it's called now, but give me two secs and I'll just have a look. So, but yeah, um. Flora's Love, my kids have been playing it a bit. They haven't seen the show yet, and I will show it to them. Yeah. Yeah, they keep saying, do you want to play Flora's Love? So I know it's an old game, you know, yep. the kids play. But obviously turning it into not my Disney Plus doesn't want to work on my phone, so forget it. But yeah, have a look for that. It's on the Star oh. Wars. It's on the Disney Plus. Yeah, yep. so if your kids are into that sort of thing, it's definitely not going to have the Broken Skull Challenge swearing in it. Yeah, but well, maybe we'll give that a go. Because hmm. my little one used to do gymnastics and yeah, he did circus for a little while and he really likes the whole idea of being able to do that whole ninja warrior sort of stuff and every time we go to a play park he'll always go across the monkey bars and he'll be like oh can you make me a course and time me and all this sort of stuff so yeah he probably would get get a lot out of that sort of show yeah so Hmm. the only other thing i've been watching television wise again on netflix is a english cooking show called crazy delicious which just dropped I think last month, late late last month. And it's hosted by a British comedian called Jane Adams, who's kind of cool. But it's Heston Blumenthal, an American chef called Carla Hooper or something, and a Swedish chef. And they just get contestants to come in and they have to make these crazy concoctions, sort of Heston-style food that looks like other food or, you know, sweet things into savoury things. And it's actually quite enthralling the way they do it. And it's as it's an English program rather than the American program, even though it's competitive, the people that are on it are really nice to each other. Kind of mm. like when you watch Bake Off as opposed to MasterChef. And it's kind of like, well, why isn't everyone so nice to each other? But yeah, it's like three different contestants each episode and they do three rounds of cooking and come up with the best person. And as far as I can tell, there's no prize for winning. It's just the admiration of your peers sort of thing just to be able to say that your meal was the best one on there but some of the stuff okay. they've done I've, I've really dug and as the, the host is kind of cool too so okay. makes it worth watching but yeah that's my tv watching all right i just found it here it's called okay. star wars jedi temple challenge okay so if you want to go looking for that hmm. I, I think my kids will probably enjoy that a lot so yeah, we'll dig yes. that up okay have you been watching any films obviously not well, going to the cinema well the cinema is actually reopened here in tasmania but we haven't been you yet in a because, hurry to go back well not really and most of the stuff on that, for a start well most of the stuff they're showing is older stuff at the moment anyway but i have been watching a few things so again the streaming service is 
getting a, a real run for its money. So one of the things I decided I was going to watch because they had hyped it so much on Disney Plus, and that's Artemis Fowl. And after yeah, watching it, it well, be terrible. After watching it, I really wish I'd done a bit more research before we did it because uh-huh. I just saw that it was on and it was like magic and elves and stuff and. I said to my little one, hey, let's watch this. And he kind of liked it. But then by the end of it, I was like, man, I hate this movie. It has no redeeming features. So okay. it was it was really just a little overprivileged Irish kid that thought he was better than he was and some pretty shitty effects and some really bad performances by people that I would expect a lot better from. Like um, Judy Dench is in Kenneth Brenner or something, wasn't it? Well, yeah. And that's why I thought it might be better than it was. But it really was a poor man's Harry Potter or, you know. Th- well, it, it was had- definitely that because I know when the book came out, like once Harry Potter was huge, a lot of these books came out, whether they were more, they were written anyway or people cashing in, but they were definitely promoted to cash in. He's like the son of a villain or something, bad guys. Well, they kind of make him out that they don't know whether he's a villain or not. So he's like an international art thief that steals antiquities and you know things like that. And that's played by Colin Farrell, but he's actually only in it at the start and the end. It's He's kind of been kidnapped halfway through the movie. Spoilers, if you were actually going to watch it. But mm-hmm. the bits that he's in, he is like so wooden, it's not funny. And then... Yeah, his son's then sort of teaming up with some elves and fairies to try and find what's happened to his dad sort of thing. And one of the other characters in it is played by Judy Dench, and she's like the head of the elves, and she is absolutely terrible. Like, Mm. normally, the fact that she is a dame kind of makes you realise that she can act if she really wants to, but in this movie, it's like she must have gone through a messy divorce or something and needed the money. I have no idea, but she is terrible. There's a couple of other characters that the effects in it make them really bad, like Josh Gad, who does the voice of Olaf the the, um, snowman in Frozen, is in it. Yep. And, and mm-hmm. he plays the world's tallest dwarf, and he his acting is really, really bad as well. And the effects, he does a couple of things where he like pulls his mouth open so he can swallow big things. And you remember when we watched Birdemic, the, the animations in that yes. were really bad? It's not that bad, but it's not far above it. Really? Because oh, I know this was a yeah. movie that was going to get a cinema release, but obviously COVID, and I think they realized it was pretty shit anyway. Yeah. So they just opted for the let's just put it out on Disney Plus. But I know it was based on a pretty popular book. Getting Kenneth Branagh as a director, it sounds like they've got a pretty decent cast. You I'm can surprised see they, it's as bad as it is. They've spent a lot of money on it, but they just could have done more. Okay. Yeah. That's frustrating. It's a shame, really. And speaking of other movies that I watched that I thought I was really going to enjoy, but I didn't. So the new series of Snowpiercer was just dropped on Netflix. Yep. And my wife and I were contemplating whether we should watch that. So we decided we would go back and watch Snowpiercer the movie. Uh-huh. And probably two-thirds of that movie I loved, and then the ending just really annoyed me a little bit. But I that's just a- couldn't get into the concept. I couldn't buy in that the population of the world are on that train. It just didn't no, work. That was one I, of I couldn't things, buy it. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that didn't work for me as well, is the fact that all of the workers were sort of stuck on this train with the rich people as well, but they didn't explain what the, the rich people needed the workers for, because they weren't working. They were just working class stuck in a carriage sort of thing yeah it just i i get the concept it was very 
conceptual. Yeah. And it was all metaphoric, but it just didn't work as a. It just, I just didn't make it work. We're looking no. at the trailers for the series. The train itself made it a bit more sense because it looked too small. It's like, yes, yeah. this, but this one, the one in the series looks a bit bigger and maybe it works a little better. I don't know. But yeah, I, not enough to, to watch it at this point. I just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm not, yeah, I'm not so I haven't started it and I probably won't, to be honest. But now that I've seen the movie, I'm sort of soured a little bit on the idea of watching the series yeah because i think they are pretty much the same but it was kind of like well do we watch the series first do we watch the movie first and then we're like well the movie's only you know two hours we're not committing to like a a massive chunk of time if it isn't very good but again the the cast you've got chris evans you've got john hurts in it it's like really big name actors in it but the kind of falls flat a little bit too which is which is a shame but some of the effects but i think it, it got are, are screwed over a bit by um weinstein as well i think so yeah yeah he i think he didn't release it properly and did a bunch of stuff to it so yeah so you can blame him for maybe a little bit of it why not he's an arsehole mm. Other than that, I've gone back and rewatched a few things. So uh, it was actually the 40th anniversary of the Blues Brothers just this past month. And nice. seeing as the fact that we talk about the Blues Brothers a fair bit, we were thinking about doing a mini episode on the Blues Brothers, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So I thought, I'll oh, bugger it, I'll watch it anyway. And something that rewatching the Blues Brothers now, it's kind of sad that when you watch it now, you think how many people that are in that movie are now dead? It, it's like watching mm-hmm. old wrestling from the 90s and going, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. But just going through the main characters in the Blues Brothers, pretty much Dan Aykroyd is the only one that's still alive. Like, obviously, yeah. Belushi's dead, John Calloway's dead, John Candy's dead. Mm-hmm. Even the, the woman that plays the nun is dead. Carrie Fisher. Is dead now. Carrie Fisher's dead. Yeah, it's just like a real bummer when you watch it. But I, I think it still holds up. I, I will say that I've probably seen the Blues Brothers more than I've seen any other movie other than probably Empire Strikes Back. But I, I still watch it and I still remember the lines and I'll be sitting there going, yep, he's going to say this now and this is a bit he does this. And I still like the movie a lot. But yeah, watching it again now and, and just having that sort of like, I don't know, I don't think maybe because 2020 has been such of a shit year and it's hitting home that you know, a lot of these people aren't with us anymore. But I'm glad I watched it. And I will probably still continue to watch it on a semi-regular basis like I do. But another movie I went back and rewatched was uh, Gross Point Blank because I was listening to another podcast and they talked about that. And I was thinking, well, I haven't seen that for a little while. And this was one of the movies that I thought was guaranteed would be on a streaming service. But no, I had to actually go and dig up physical media to watch it. It was on Amazon, but it was only on Amazon for rent. It wasn't on like Prime as just streaming. But again, for a movie that was made, I think it was probably late 90s, early 2000s, it is a very clever movie and it still holds up, which I like. And the fact that it's all 80s music, it's John Cusack being just John Cusack, Dan Aykroyd just absolutely hamming it up, but he's a great character in it too. So yeah. I, I, hmm. If you haven't watched that, I would really recommend that. I saw it when it first came out on video. Yeah. But don't remember it at all. I sort of remember the vibe of it and that's it. So I actually watched it at a friend's in the last six months or so. Mm. Well, probably more now because time is a flat circle. It doesn't matter. But yeah, in the last 12 months, let's just say, we watched it. And yeah, it's a very clever film. And you can sort of look at it as 
what did someone rest out? Was it's almost like better off dead ten years later. Yeah, like it, it's almost the same character. It's it's Blaine ten years later, but yeah, yeah. it was good. Mm. What I love about it is the fact that he is a hitman and he goes back to his high school reunion and he's not blunt at all. Like everyone's like, "Oh, we haven't seen you for ten years. What have you been doing?" And he's like, "I'm a professional killer." And they're like, "Ah, oh, you're such a joker." Yeah, and mm. he's all like, "No, I'm a professional killer." <laughs> yeah. And, and John Cusack is probably one of my favourite actors from that time. So, yeah, I, I, I've got nothing but love for this movie. It's great. Fair enough. Yeah, um, but- I've been watching some stuff with the kids mainly. We have our movie nights on a Saturday night. And we watched, um, showed them My Neighbour Totoro. Totoro. Oh, okay, yep. Yep, because we've got a cat bus plush toy around here and I bought my wife, uh, you know, those nano blocks to like mini Lego sort of things. Yeah. So I got her a cat bus and a Totoro in those, and it took her two years to build the Totoro because mm-hmm. it, it was really hard. Um, so we finally finished that, and the kids are sort of asking about it. It's like, let's watch the movie because they're all on Disney+. Plus. No, they're all on Netflix now, yep. although Studio Ghibli filmed. So it's like, all right, let's watch this one. So they watched it, and the kids loved it, which was great. So, because sort of we revert back to Disney as a very staple thing. Because you've sort of got Disney or DreamWorks, which is sort of the animated films that the kids yeah. are watching at the moment at that age. Yeah. We're not really showing them too many of the live action films. We've shown them Star Wars. We've shown them like Willy Wonka and things like that. So, it's just trying to, I'm trying to get away from Disney if I can, just because we will run out eventually and just, just a bit of variety. We did watch Treasure Planet at one point. That was okay. I didn't mind that. It was fine, but it was forgetful. There was that era there where there was that Lost City of Atlantis or whatever it was called. It was just a yeah. bunch of them that were just were a bit nothing. Watched Lilo and Stitch. So we had sort of a 90s, early 2000s vibe to the ones we were watching for a while there. But, and then we showed we showed The Force Awakens to sort of get him up to date with the new, tri- new trilogy. Yeah. And he liked it. Got a bit scared at points, but it, it's definitely a fun film. Just falls apart at the end. And we showed them Ponyo last week, which is a, a more recent Studio Ghibli film, which they really dug. So I'm wrapped that they sort of have the attention span to watch these sort of movies. Yeah. Because they're not super action-y. They're not anything drastic or bombastic. They're just sweet little movies. So yep. I was like, oh, cool. So Studio Ghibli is another option as opposed to DreamWorks Face and Pixar. So mm. we keep thinking we should show the kids spirited away, but then it's kind of like, is my youngest one probably a bit, a bit young to understand the concept? So, well, yeah. I know my favorite is Kiki's Delivery Service. Yep. So I look forward to showing them that. And I don't think there's an issue there. Yeah. Yeah, Spirit Away's got some freaky stuff in it. It's a bit weird, so I probably won't show it to my kids just yet. Yeah. There's a few I haven't seen, so I don't know. So there's Laputa, which is meant to be pretty good. Porco Rosso is probably kind of dull for the kids, and I cannot do Norska Valley of the Wind because I've tried to watch that movie three times and I've fallen asleep every single time. Okay. So it's not for me, that film. I yep. don't get it. Is yeah. Howl's Moving People Castle Ghibli as well? Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't I re- know. I remember the- that being good. Okay, you've seen it. No, I haven't seen it, so yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I'm just wrapped that there's something else besides Disney. Because when you watch them all, it's all a bit the same. But if, if they like that Japanese sort of style, I, I can recommend Kubo and the Two Strings. Cause that's I've actually- tried it, but I showed yeah. it to them a while ago. So maybe. So they sort of know that they've seen it and they're going, I don't want to see it. So Because oh, okay. I've not seen it. 
but that director went on to do Bumblebee, so I'm very yeah. keen to watch it, and I heard it's very good. It's funny, because my son, my little one, has actually started re-watching all the Marvel films, so initially we sort of showed him the Fantastic Four films to start with, because they're a little bit tamer, and then we'd moved on to Guardians of the Galaxy, but now that we've got Disney, he's been like, I really want to watch Endgame, and I really want to watch Infinity War, mm. so it's kind of like, well, they're long, and bits of them are quite violent, but if you want to, we'll watch it with you, so if there's anything that's a bit concerning, you can... Yeah, you can watch it with this sort of thing. But again, since we've had Disney, he's pretty much watched almost all of the the Marvel Avengers sort of line. He hasn't gone as far as watching Black Panther or Doctor Strange or anything like that yet. But just the actual Avengers titled ones, he's really got into. And they rewatch or we we rewatched Ragnarok with him a couple of weeks ago and he really dug that as well so uh, i think he likes the more humorous side of it rather than the total action yeah because because my my son wants to watch because he knows he's aware of the characters yeah and sally's like when do we show it to him what order what do we show and i'm i'm a purist show him in the order they meant to but some he's not ready for yet does he want to see you know not win a soldier yet it's great but no but guardians you could probably watch now maybe the first iron man i don't know thor you could probably get away with but the thor movies are pretty tame yeah yeah but it's just like what's he going to get the most out of it because you don't want to waste it no exactly but you could probably show guardians yep you could probably show the first Avengers without everything else, but oh, it's just sort of hard. Yeah. So we're just sort of holding out a little bit for the time being. But the joy is the fact that they are all on Disney Plus. So if you want to watch them, you can watch watch them. And my son will sit there for say an hour and watch you know a chunk of it, and then he sort of go, "Yeah, I'm bored with this now. I don't want to watch it anymore." And it's like, well, and that's what kids that's do right. now. Yeah. Gone are the days, and I'm nostalgic for, well, going out for a start, but just going to a video library. Yeah. Because it was all part of the event. You'd go in your car or walk, go to the video library, spend 45 minutes fine trying to find five movies. Yeah. You buy that, buy your movie time popcorn, pre-pop, just warm it up in the oven. Perfect. Grab your snacks, your two-litre bottle of Big M, all good. Go back home. You'd watch the fuck out of those things. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if you got an overnighter, because that costs seven fucking dollars. Yeah, you'd watch you it. Rent the a movie morning, now, you'd watch it again. On yeah. I would watch it and then watch it again before I took it back. Exactly. When now it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I'll watch half, get the other half later, it's all good. Yeah. No biggie. Yeah, so I, I do miss that urgency to a film. Like, not yep. many films I've turned off because I hired them and some I never got around to. The amount of times I hired Bad Boy Bubby and Johnny Swade, and I've never yep. seen them, but they were in that five that never got watched. But there's only one movie I know of that I turned off because I just wasn't entertained, and that was um, Harlem Nights. That's the only movie I can think of that where I literally just go, I don't want to watch this anymore. And in modern times, there's a lot of stuff on Amazon and Tubi that I've watched two minutes of and gone. Exactly, yep. But yeah, but back then when you paid money for a VHS, it's, yeah, it was sort of like, you're committed to this, I'm going to watch it. Yep. Yeah, but my my only other movie that I've watched. Speaking of nineties nostalgia, my wife and I decided we were going to go back and rewatch Go, the sort of ensemble different timeline. Life movie. starts at two a.m. Man, yes. And watching that now, it just you watch it and it is nineties as fuck. It. I, I never think it was saw made. It. I know 90s, you used to love it. Ninety-eight, I think it came out. But looking at it now, it's kind of like, well, he's famous now and she's famous now and. Well, that person there kind of went on to do absolutely nothing. But Timothy Oliphant's in it, and he's a scrawny teenager almost. And Katie Holmes, when she was still, like, sweet and innocent Katie Holmes, 
Mm-hmm. But for me, it's it was around obviously that same time where Tarantino was getting popular, and the idea of having multiple stories that are all somehow intertwined was a thing. And this, I, I don't know if it's well done, but it's well enough done that it entertains me. And there's just bits of that movie that I think about quite regularly. And then when I watched it again just recently, I was like, oh, man, I love this this scene. Like, There's one scene where there's this English guy that goes on a road trip to Las Vegas and ends up gatecrashing this wedding and sleeps with two of the bridesmaids and then starts a fire in this hotel room. And that, that particular storyline for me is probably my favourite of the bits in the movie. But yeah. And the soundtrack is just pure 90s. Len Steel, My Sunshine is in it, I think. So that, that just wins votes just for that, really. Fair enough. So yeah, but yeah, that that's my movie watching. I like obviously, I, I have one more movie. Yeah, oh, we were home one night. And I just I felt I wanted a good adventure movie, and I looked, and Disney Plus had National Treasure Two, and I remember enjoying National Treasure One. It's like let's watch this, and it had the same problem of what I remember National Treasure One being. It was fun when they were on the journey when they were getting the clue and finding the next one and the next one and the next one. That was fun. Like, it's dumb. It's not good, but it was fine. But then when it gets to the action set piece at the end is when it sort of goes, oh, yeah, okay, I'm done. Yeah. But, yeah. Isn't like, it like, I, I just want a good look. Like, I was going to say, isn't it a poor man's mummy? Poor man's Da Vinci Code. Oh, okay. And I really love the Da Vinci Code as a movie. Like, it was just, I loved the, I loved the clues, you know, the um, scavenger hunt aspect of it all. Yeah. So, like, ooh, what's the next bit? What's the next bit? And, I really liked Angels and Demons as well. Yeah, like they're terrible books, but I, 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 it's just fun. It's, it's you know, silly fun. But I went, so I remember getting excited and I watched Inferno, which is the third of the Da Vinci Code characters ones, and it was yep. just terrible. It just was the vibe was all off. Because it started off with the Tom Hanks character having amnesia, so he doesn't know anything, and he's sort of playing, you know, he's, he doesn't know what's going on. It's like, this isn't what I signed up for. He's meant to be the smartest person in the room. Stop this. This is this is shit. Amnesia storylines are bad at the best of times. So, yeah. yeah, that wasn't cool. So I was hoping that that would be better when I remember watching that going, because I, I had that same feeling. It's like, I want to watch an adventure yarn movie kind of thing. And I actually think was looking for National Treasure 2 at the time, but Inferno was what I found. So, yeah, I'm looking, I'm hoping for another movie like that. Like A Mummy, that's a good adventure movie, but just give me something like that. But everything seems to be Marvel and DC now. You don't you watch really get the, your... The new Jumanji movies, movies. They're, they're good action. Oh, I haven't seen adventures. the second one. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the first one, haven't seen the second. They're still go-to movies for my kids, actually. They'll be like, want to watch something, just flick that on and they'll sit down. And like even my older boy who doesn't watch movies all that often will sit down and watch Jumanji. So okay. I, think he, cool. I, I think he really likes the Kevin Hart character because he swears and says silly things. So. Okay. That's probably what it is. But yeah. Fair enough. That's that's pretty much all I've got to talk about this month. Yep. That's about me too. Uh, that's probably where, where we'll wrap it up for this month. So I've, I will probably just mention the fact that Ennio Morricone just passed away this week. And I think I'll probably end the episode with one of his pieces of work. He is most famous for doing the soundtrack from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly and a couple of yep. the other Sergio Leone westerns. I think he did the music as well for Once Upon a Time in the West so maybe I should dig up the music from that because I remember that being pretty cool. Yep. But we will be trying to do a mini episode sometime in the next couple of weeks as well since you're back in lockdown you've probably got nothing better to do than Skype with me and talk shit so we'll probably plan to do that. Sounds so, good. And if you have any feedback for us you can jump on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the best podcast. You can find us on Twitter as the MO podcast or 
you can find our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. And until next time, thank you very much, Mitch. Not a problem. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Yes, wear a mask. Social distance. Social distancing. Or if you're not anywhere where there's COVID like I am here in Tassie, just think about the poor people that are in the areas that are affected. And yeah, stay vigilant, stay clean, wash your hands, and just stay safe. And until next time, we will see you soon. All right, bye-bye. Poor connection. It's best I'm going to do at the moment. Sounds so, alright, by it. Hope so. we'll keep it going. It's all good. We lucky we're not doing video. Yeah. Why? You're yep. not wearing any pants. <laughs>
no. Oh, it must be winter. Poor connection. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, I just had chocolates. Well, chocolate day. Oh, is it? There you go. I had yes. some chocolate before without even knowing. I knew I had yeah. chocolate. I just didn't know it was well chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just drove past and like ran chocolate in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? No. There's this bit where he's got a pet monkey and the monkey's drawing a picture. And then they turn around and like one guy turns around to the other guy and goes, where did that monkey get that brown crayon from? <laughs> anyway, all right, are we ready? Mm-hmm.